The Hamlet Podcast, episode 177. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanrissey. After what has seemed like a terribly long build-up, as we've been examining each and every line of the scene, we finally come to the main action of this fight between Laertes and Hamlet. We've been led towards some very clear expectations by all that we've heard so far. Laertes is the superior swordsman, but Hamlet has been in continual practice. But Claudius has made such a big deal of these wagers, stacking the deck to make sure Hamlet has a chance of winning even on a technicality. We are left facing this bout with a sense that either man has a good chance of winning. After Claudius' extravagant announcement of how big the celebration will be if Hamlet scores at all, and his announcement of this pearl that will go into the cup of wine, the young men are finally ready to begin. Hamlet speaks, Come on, sir. And Laertes answers, Come, my lord. The stage directions here announce they play. Some editions might explain that it's Hamlet who manages to score a point first by hitting Laertes. Hamlet calls it. He says, one, since this is his first point, but Laertes denies it. So Hamlet calls judgment, asking those wary eyes who are watching to confirm his point. And it's Osric who answers with another of the play's most famous lines. A hit, a very palpable hit. Not just a hit that scored the point, he's saying, but a palpable one. There's no way that Laertes could not have felt it, he's saying, definitely a point to Hamlet. Since Hamlet scored first, all the various drums and cannons should be blasting out at Claudius's behest. Some editions write them in here, in the stage directions, and some do not. Presumably not very pleased, Laertes is eager to move on from this and get back to the game, and so he says, well, again... Claudius suggests that they wait a little longer. I like to think that even he is surprised at Hamlet's skill at fencing. It's not been expected, and yet here, straight out of the gate, he's scoring against this wondrous champion Laertes. As such, Claudius cannot rely on Laertes hitting Hamlet at all, so he offers him the drink. He says, Stay, give me drink. Hamlet, this pearl is thine. Here's to thy health. Claudius has already raised his cup to Hamlet and drunk to his health, so everyone watching can assume that the wine is safe to drink. And now he slips the poisoned pearl into the drink and raises it to Hamlet. Here's to thy health, has never sounded so ominous. If the drums and trumpets and cannons didn't fire immediately after that palpable hit was called, they blare out now as Claudius extends the cup to Hamlet's health and says, Give him the cup. But Hamlet isn't interested. He replies, I'll play this bout first. Set it by a while. Come. He's not interested in having any wine right now. He'll have some perhaps after the next bout. And so he turns to Laertes to resume and says, Come. They fight again, and Hamlet manages to score another point. Again he asks for confirmation. Another hit. What say you? And this time, Laertes doesn't deny it. A touch, a touch, I do confess. So that's 2 nil to Hamlet. This is certainly not going the way that everyone has thought. 
Claudius sees that there's a chance his plan won't work at all, and he says, Our son shall win. Now, there's a lot of possibility here. It's the first time in a long time that he's called Hamlet his son. Is he speaking to the whole room in a kind of acknowledgement that, yes, the prince is doing very well? It's certainly slippery Claudius' behaviour to side with the victor, as it seems. Or is it a more private word to Gertrude, acknowledging his surprise at Hamlet's prowess? Gertrude's response is even more hotly debated. She says, He's fat and scant of breath. Here, Hamlet, take my napkin, rub thy brows. The queen carouses to thy fortune, Hamlet. Hamlet's physical condition is almost as consistently debated as his age. Some commentators are happy to accept that Hamlet might be just a little bit overweight, while others go so far as to exclaim that this is all just maternal solicitude, all the more evident if Hamlet is actually neither fat nor short of breath. If he has been in continual practice, and beating Laertes two for two would suggest that he's in pretty good fighting shape, there's a case to be made that she's just being overprotective. Whatever Hamlet's size or age, the important thing is that Gertrude is trying to help, and she offers her handkerchief so that he can wipe down his brow. Fencing is clearly rather sweaty work. In her support, she picks up a glass and raises it to him. The whole castle has been booming in his honour, so why shouldn't she drink a toast to him herself? So, the Queen carouses to your fortune, Hamlet. And Hamlet, graciously, maybe even good-naturedly, acknowledges his mother's toast. Perhaps even a little courteous bow in return, as he says, Good madam. If you've been keeping your eye on the wine, you'll know immediately that Gertrude has picked up the one with the pearl in it. It's been in there long enough now to have rendered the wine quite deadly. Claudius sees this and tells her to stop. Gertrude, do not drink. He doesn't make any explanation of why she shouldn't, and so Gertrude does it anyway, and she says, I will, my lord, I pray you pardon me. It's very much up to a given production to show us how much Gertrude knows. In some cases, she's clearly been aware, thus making her choice to drink very dramatic. In the 19th century, productions often changed the line so that she would say, I have, my lord, I pray you pardon me, making her apologetic rather than defiant. Even in so short a line, there's a great breadth of dramatic possibility open to the actress playing the role to be ironed out in rehearsals for a given production. Whether she's conscious of it or not, Gertrude has sealed her fate, and as Claudius points out, it is the poisoned cup. It is too late. In this small moment, Claudius has chosen his own survival over Gertrude's life. If he really cared about her, wouldn't he stop her from drinking this wine? Yes, his scheme would probably be revealed, but in this split second he has made the choice to let her drink this poison and to die. Of all the crimes he has committed in this story, this is probably the most callous. He makes his queen into collateral damage. This little aside that he has is rather difficult to stage, since there's nowhere especially private for him to turn and speak the line, even if he's turning to us in the audience. The poison that Gertrude has drunk will take a little time to take effect, 
and we will leave off here while it does so until the next episode. The roller coaster has finished its ascent and everything will come crashing down during the remaining five episodes. I hope you'll stay with me for them. And in the meantime, do be sure, as always, to visit the website, thehamletpodcast.com, for show notes and bonus materials. And I'll speak to you again next time.